Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, And on this edition of the show, we're going to be looking back at Arsenal's victory over Bodo Glimt in the UEFA Europa League group stage. Well, that was a very forgettable match, wasn't it? It's not one uh, that will remain etched in our memories for very long, I'm sure. It's not one uh, that we should really sort of read into an awful lot, I would say given that we got all three points, which is ultimately what we were looking for. We continue with our 100% record in the Europa League. We continue to sit top of our group, but also top of the Premier League. We're in really, really good shape, right? But that doesn't mean after a performance like that, we can't have a little bit of a moan. And I am going to have a little bit of a moan because when you're a team like Arsenal, right, who for a long time have been spoken about as a club that don't have depth, don't have a squad in which there's sufficient competition. Enough competition that means that it's very competitive and therefore the standards can always remain high. When you get opportunities like this, trips away to the likes of Bodo Glimt, you want to see the players that do get the chance, that do get the opportunity, step up and give the manager something to think about. And I don't think that a number of them managed to do that today. And we'll come on to break it down in a little bit. We'll talk individuals in a few moments. Um, but let's kind of set the scene as to how things went, as to what we were up against tonight. Uh, Arsenal travelled into the Arctic Circle. OK, very different conditions to the conditions here so far. But come January, it'll probably be the same. No, I'm just kidding. But look, d- difficult conditions, artificial pitch is not ideal as well. You don't want that. You don't want a surface that, the ball kicks off of differently. You don't want a surface that's faster. It's it's something that you need to get used to. And um, and it's always a challenge when you go away to sides who have that type of surface. Now, look, when you go to certain parts of the world where the temperatures and the climate is very different, then you're going to come across these pitches quite often. And um, And I wonder how much of an impact that had on our performance. I don't think it's an excuse. I don't think it should be used as an excuse. But I just feel feel as though I wanted to see more from Arsenal. You know, having said that, this is a Bodo Glimp side that have won their last 14 home games um, in European competition. So they're clearly a force there. They clearly use those things I've mentioned to their advantage. And clearly it does have an impact on pretty much everybody that goes there. If you remember, they beat Roma under Jose Mourinho 6-1 at their place. That's a big result. So I'm not using it as an excuse. 
I'm not trying to justify the poor performance because I thought it was a poor performance, but you know, it's it's it wasn't ideal circumstances, right? We, it, it's not the ideal place to go. Uh, Kenny in the chat says um, Harry starting with criticism. Listen, I've been so positive about this Arsenal side for a while, longer than most people have. To be fair to me. And I'm not sitting here and moaning tonight about the bigger picture. I'm not sitting here and complaining about where we're at in terms of our league position, in terms of the progress that we've made, in terms of our shape as a squad, in terms of Mikel Arteta's management. I'm not going to sit and moan about the wider picture. That's not what I'm doing. And I'm, I don't even think I'm moaning tonight. I'm just being fair based on what I saw and what I watched this evening. And I have to say that the performance underwhelmed me. I was bored for long periods. Um, you know, I considered, you know, scrolling through my phone midway through the game. I don't want to do that. I never do that. Not during a game. And um, this game kind of drove me to that because it was boring. It was dull. It was a game in which I felt we were a little bit lucky not to be punished in because we did give Bodo opportunities. We gave them moments that sort of fed them encouragement. And as a consequence of that, the atmosphere builds, the crowd gets behind them. We were lucky that they weren't good enough to take advantage of those opportunities that we presented them uh, with. And we were lucky that actually in the end, we got out of there with the one nil win. Now, you know, some of the changes that Mikel Arteta made in game, the substitutions, bringing Xhaka and Martinelli on, that tells you that Mikel Arteta wasn't happy with what he was watching because ideally, I'm sure he would have wanted to leave those guys out. Now, I said after the first game against Bodo that some of the changes that Mikel Arteta made said to me and told me that he wasn't entirely happy with the level of performance. And I think you can say that that was true of tonight as well. I'm pretty sure that when Mikel Arteta faces the press in his press conference after the game, he will say that, you know, um, that we weren't very good, that we weren't at it, that we didn't control the game in the way we'd have liked, that we didn't carve out enough clear-cut opportunities. Can you remember many? I mean, Saka's goal was incredibly fortunate in the way that it ended up in the back of the net, although the build-up play was nice. But outside of that, can you remember us really working their goalkeeper? Can you remember us missing a ton of chances, creating a ton of chances? You can't. So, you have to accept and acknowledge that the performance was well below par tonight. We got the result. Great. That's all that will matter tomorrow. But I think it's fair to want to break down certain players' performances tonight. And I think it's fair uh, to be a little bit underwhelmed and a little bit disappointed. Um, Matt says, uh, I'm seeing a lot of our fans complaining about the match being boring. We're top of the league and top of our Europa League group. It's okay to be happy. I completely agree. And I am happy in the wider context. And I am happy with where we are as a football club right now. But I'm not happy with what I just watched. I don't think you can be. I don't think you can be being totally honest with yourself and say that you enjoyed that or that you were happy with that. Um, you know, it's it, it was a frustrating watch. It was a difficult watch. Wayne says, I enjoyed it. Did you? He says, it's good to win like Spurs once in a while and Bodo are no fools at home. Got to respect them. They won 14 European home games on the bounce. I do respect them. I do respect them. But perhaps for me, more frustrating than 
the overall team performance and the fact that that was a little bit underwhelming. I'm I'm more disappointed in certain individuals who I thought had a real opportunity again in the Europa League to go out there and stake their claim, to go out there and give Mikel Arteta something to think about. Now, I don't expect him to make changes going into the Leeds game. I think it will be as close to the side that we saw beat Liverpool as possible, um, with the exception of, of maybe at left-back where I'd imagine that either a Tierney or a Zinchenko will come into the side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at least give the manager something to think about. Now, Kenny makes the point that a lot of these players don't play together very often and that can impact on cohesion and that can impact on your rhythm and your tempo and your flow. And I get all that. I totally agree with all of that as well. Make no mistake about it. I know this when I'm saying what I'm saying now, but there were three players for me tonight that had a real chance to continue pushing, showing themselves. One of them um, was Fabio Vieira. I thought he was anonymous in the first half completely. He looked lost playing on the left side of the midfield. He looked lost playing as the left eight. He really, really struggled. He couldn't get on the ball, couldn't find the right spaces. Um, even in the second half, when his position changed after the substitutions, um, you know, he went he went out sort of onto the right wing. And then when Marquinhos came on, he tucked into the right eight position. And I didn't think he was effective in any of those areas whatsoever. Now, for the most part, what I've seen of Fabio Vieira has been good. It's been positive. And I've been impressed by him. So again, please don't take it as though I'm sitting here saying that he was rubbish and that means he's always going to be rubbish. And that means I don't think he was a good signing. And that means I don't want to see him in the squad at the weekend. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is tonight was another opportunity for him to get more comfortable in the Arsenal side, to impact the game, to stake a claim for a starting position when it comes to the Premier League. And I just thought he watched the opportunity passing by. Now, again, the cohesion thing, the not playing together regularly thing, all of those things... Um, you know, play a part and, and are a factor in this. But individually, did he make the right runs? Did he get into the right spaces? Did he get into the right holes? Did he make the best use of the ball when he had it? I don't think he did. I think you've got to be honest. I think another one that I was looking to tonight in terms of someone that I wanted to see have a big game, someone I wanted to see put himself about, Eddie and Ketia. He didn't do any of that. Eddie Nketiah watches Gabriel Jesus in training every single day. Now, you're not going to just click your fingers and become Gabriel Jesus, but there are elements to his game that Eddie Nketiah needs to be looking at and then hoping to implement in his own. The way that he presses, the way that he's aggressive, the way he puts his body in positions that make it difficult for defenders that, you know, cause people problems. Eddie Nketiah did absolutely none of that tonight. Now, normally he works incredibly hard and I don't want to sit here and, and discredit him in that sense. But tonight he just didn't look at it to me. And I thought there were times, particularly in the first half, where the press was half-assed. So two players would go, but the third and fourth wouldn't. Or one would go and it wouldn't be backed up. And I've said this to you guys a million and one times. Pressing only works if you do it in unison. It only works if you do it as a collective. If you don't, all you're essentially doing is sending lambs out to the slaughter who are just going to be passed around and become 
you know, irrelevant in the game and irrelevant in the pattern of play. So I was really disappointed with Eddie Nketiah and the way he led the line. I didn't think he um, did a good job of it. Having said that, as Ash points out in the chat, he didn't have an awful lot of supply. And that's a fair comment and a fair point. But he can still put the work in. He can still do um, the bare minimum. He can still do what he's required to do on a personal level. And then if you don't get the service, then you can go back in the change room and say, look, you know, if you are criticized, look, boss, check my stats out. Check how much ground I covered. Check out the way I was putting myself about, the way I was trying to give us another dynamic in, in the forward line. You know, and, and so it was the, it was the, um, you know, it was the supply that was the problem. I don't think Eddie Nketiah can make that case or stake that claim tonight because I didn't think he was up to it. The other one for me was Reese Nelson. Now, I've left Reese Nelson last because Reese Nelson is the one I have the most sympathy for because he's been out for a long time. This was his first start. He came on for a few minutes at the end of the, the game against Bodo last week at Emirates Stadium and, and looked quite sharp, to be fair to him. But again, another one I was looking at tonight to say, go on, take your chance. Go on, go and show Mikel Arteta that maybe he doesn't need to go out and uh, and target another winger in the not-too-distant future. But I think when you watch Reese Nelson in games like tonight, whether you like him or not, whether you rate him or not, whether you think that in a better Arsenal side, in the full-strength Arsenal side, he'd be more effective, that's, that's a debate that I'm willing to entertain. But he's been in and around the football club for a long, long time now, and... I wasn't totally convinced that he could cut it previously. I guess what I'm saying is, has his performance tonight changed my view on that in any way, shape or form? And the answer, I have to say, is no. So, yeah, those were the three for me that were were disappointing, um, the underwhelming. You know, there's there's different words you can use, um, you know, to, to kind of to, to put that into context, I guess, and, and to try and describe that. But, yeah, frustrating. Um, night overall, even though we won the game. You take the points, you're happy with the points, but is it a performance that you can be proud of? I don't know. I don't think so. As I said earlier on, I think that Bodo had some incredible chances um, and a better side would have put us to the sword and punished us and we'd be talking about our second defeat of the season. Instead, I think that Bodo showed a lack of quality in the final third, which ultimately is why they are where they are um, and and just highlights the distance and the gap between the two sides in terms of their levels. And, and fortunately, that went in our favour tonight. But, you know, there could have been a shock. There could have been a giant killing here. And uh, luckily for us, we kind of got away with it. Um, the rotation of the side from the start was interesting from Mikel Arteta. Um, you know, we we looked at the game last week where he played Gabriel at centre-back. He played Martinelli on the left and he played Xhaka in midfield. He opted to change that up a little bit this time. He's spreading out the minutes among different people. Ben White was at right back instead of Tommy Asu. Uh, this time, uh, Gabriel was given a break and Saliba was in the starting lineup. And then in midfield, Odegaard was given a game with Xhaka uh, allowed to rest. And of course, Martinelli left out for Reese Nelson, who started from that left-hand side. I think the rotation is clever. Um, I think it's it's Mikel Arteta's way of giving us enough uh, to A, show respect to our opponents, but B, go out there and make sure ultimately that we get the job done. 
whilst managing the minutes of some of his really key players. Now, Martinelli had played both the Europa League games prior, got on in the end in this one as well. But I think it's about kind of the sports science side here. You know, look at people's recoveries, look at people's uh, fitness records, take advice from the doctors, take advice from the players based on how they're feeling and manage their minutes accordingly. Now, there will be players out there, for example, Granit Xhaka is one of them, who can play more minutes than Thomas Partey, for example. Um, you know, that's 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 clear for everybody to see. So when you look at, at Granit Xhaka and you think, why the hell is he playing tonight? Or why is he coming on as a sub? You've got to bear that in mind. You know, they'd have done their studies, they'd have done their checks, they'd have um, been right across this from a sports science perspective. And now, having come to that, having done all that, sorry, have come to the conclusion that there are certain players, obviously, as I say, that can uh, play more minutes. They're a bit more robust. If you're wondering why I'm glancing to my right, it's because I've got the Manchester United versus Omonia Nicosia game uh, on the TV. And you know what's, you know what maybe is upset me a little bit or, or maybe put me in a slightly worse mood than I normally am after a win, despite the performance not being great. Um, some mates of mine have, have gone up to Old Trafford um, to watch this game. Obviously, all the Cypriots are behind uh, Ammonia tonight. Club allegiances go to one side because this is a historic occasion for Cypriot football, a team playing at Old Trafford. And um, I was asked if I wanted to go and I was like... I kind of do because I can imagine the atmosphere in the Ammonia end was going to be amazing. It, it always is. And just watching sort of videos and stuff on social uh, of them sort of taking over Manchester earlier was incredible. Um, but but um, I said, no, you know, my job is to cover Arsenal. So I, I don't want to miss Bodo Glimt against Arsenal. So I'm going to stay home. And then I've sat there and watched that dreadful game of football. And now I'm watching the Ammonia fans bouncing up and down. Uh, whilst I'm sitting here whinging about Arsenal. So, yeah, maybe that's contributed to my disappointment this evening. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, the rotation stuff uh, makes perfect sense to me, I thought. Um, and it's good to see that. It's good to see Mikel Arteta taking a slightly different approach, not just saying, screw it, it's the Europa League, I'll change all 11 players. Maintaining that little bit of balance, because when you do that, you're more likely to get results. And when you get results, that builds momentum, the momentum that has served us really well in the Premier League as well. And as Mikel Arteta alluded to before the game, when he was asked the question on how do you keep that camaraderie and that good spirit going within the dressing room, he said, you've got to keep winning. And uh, and it's good to see that he's, he knows that, he's learnt that. Um, you know, maybe in the past he wouldn't have taken this exact same approach, but, you know, now he, he sees things very, very differently. And I think what we're seeing as well as these young players evolving and developing, is a manager uh, evolving and developing as well. Someone who was a little bit rough around the edges, who was inexperienced, who could have read all the textbooks in the world, could have had every Pep Guardiola lesson in the world. But until you go out there and do it yourself, you don't really know what it's all about. You don't really know what it entails. And um, and yeah, so... Um, yeah, I think Mikel Arteta is, is evolving and developing himself as well. One player that I do want to give a shout out to is uh, Matt Turner, because I thought he had a really solid game. Not because he made tons of outstanding saves, not because, you know, he was, you know, keeping us in the game um, by the sort of skin of our teeth, but because he was always on hand, uh, sort of on the edge of his penalty area to deal with balls that went over the top of the back line. And, and Bodo at times were quite direct. 
Is he as composed as Ramsdale with the ball at his feet? Does he take as many risks as he is confident in his distribution? No. But if he hasn't got that ability, I'd rather he plays the way he plays, which is safety first. And I think as a goalkeeper, yeah, you know, you want to influence the build-up in the way that modern-day goalkeepers do. But I think it's also important to recognise your limitations if you have them. And I think that Matt Turner does have them in that sense. But, yeah, overall, I thought he was solid. Um, you know, he came out and made a really good, strong punch right at the end of the game when uh, Bodo had sent their goalkeeper forward from a set-piece in a desperate attempt to find the equaliser. So I think overall, you know, his performance was was one to be proud of, one to be happy with. I, I know a lot of um, of Arsenal fans who who think that Matt Turner is, is shit. Um, you know, I know a lot of Arsenal fans that think he is um, an accident waiting to happen. And I've always felt that that assessment was a little bit harsh, given how little of him we've seen. And then I had... Um, a friend of the show, Lizzie Becherano, 90 Minutes US editor, on the show, essentially telling me how bad he was. And I kind of thought, oh, God, maybe. But based on what I've seen of him, I can't say he's a bad goalkeeper. Like, is he as good as Ramsdale in terms of the overall package? No, he's not. But, um, you know, I think I think distribution is probably the, the area that you would look at and say needs a bit of work. But outside of that, I think he's a pretty solid goalkeeper. And um, and a good backup to have to to Aaron Ramsdale. So yeah, um, pretty pleased with his performance. I have to say, um, good to see as well. Just sort of coming towards the end of this one. I don't really think there's an awful lot to to sort of dive into. And and we are going to do a members Q and A show tomorrow. So um, I want to save the kind of Q and A bit for then. But um, it was good to see Mikel Arteta be proactive tonight. And what I mean by that is there was a period in that second half where obviously we were one nil up, but it just felt like the game was slightly fading away from us. Like we were just starting to lose control a little bit of, of the narrative, of the way the game was going, of the control of the tempo. And Mikel Arteta saw that, spotted that, wasn't reactive in terms of making substitutions after the damage had been done. He was proactive and he bought on Xhaka and he bought on Martinelli and he ended up bringing on Thomas Partey at the end as well, just to try and shore it up, which shows you that he is desperate to win this group and is desperate to make sure that we top it, hopefully early, uh, so that we can kind of maybe rest more players going into the latter stages of the group stage. But obviously there's that huge advantage to be gained by winning the group. It means that you don't have to play um, in that that kind of playoff round and you can just go straight through, which means you reduce uh, the number of games that you have to play by two. And in a very congested season and a very busy season, as a consequence of the Winter World Cup, a lot of people want that, right? That's a, it's, very, it's something that's very appealing. And so it'll be great if we could achieve that. But yeah, the, the balance between the Europa League and Premier League side, I think right now is, is very good. Difficult game on Sunday away at Ellen Road, and we'll be bringing you a full preview of that. We'll be uh, analysing Leeds this season so far. I'll be bringing you up to speed on how they've fared. We'll be talking about the danger men that Jesse Marsh has at his disposal. We'll be talking a little bit about their system and and how we can go to Ellen Road and, and impose ourselves and hopefully come away with all three points. Because if we can do that, it's another step, isn't it? And And I've always said this, it's not a step towards the title, right? I'm not talking about the title 
on the 13th of October 2022. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be sucked in to that because it's hyperbole at the moment. And you bet your bottom dollar, all of those media outlets that constantly tell everybody that Arsenal are now title contenders. You know why they're doing it? They're doing it so that when we fail, which is a good chance will happen because Manchester City are a superior side to us, they will be the first people to pile on. They'll be the first people to hang Mikel Arteta out to dry. They'll be the first people to crucify him for the what will be packaged as a capitulation. So I'm not getting involved in that. I'm not you know, going to entertain that right now. For me, all we're doing is strengthening our position in our quest for Champions League football next season. That's how I look at it. That's how I urge everybody to look at it at this stage. Dare to dream, do it. If that's what makes you feel good, do it. But know that it's a dream and not a reality because we're not there yet. We're not at that level yet. But yeah, um, that's that's pretty much all I've got to say on this game. Like, I, I don't really know where else to kind of go with this. Like, Pukayo Saka, what was his performance like? I've seen a few of you um, mentioning uh, sort of him in the chat. His goal was incredibly fortunate, wasn't it? I mean, as I said earlier, lovely build-up play. Um, got in behind and, and to good effect. And then was fortunate to see his block shot ricochet back off of him and go into the goal and beat the goalkeeper. But yeah, look, the win it was was great. The result is is ultimately what we wanted. Not an easy place to go, Bodo Glimt. As mentioned, they've won 14 um, European home games in a row, or they had won 14 European home games in a row going into this game. So it was always going to be tough. It's not a great trip to make uh, in terms of the, the conditions. Um, obviously, the artificial pitch plays a part as well. All of that, you know, made it a potential banana skin, but even despite all of that, even despite recognizing and acknowledging that this was um, this was a, a a difficult game, much more difficult than maybe it looked on paper, I, I can't help but feel underwhelmed by the performances of a couple of players or a few players, three players in particular, the ones that I mentioned. And maybe we'll pick up on that a little bit more tomorrow as we look ahead to the Leeds game uh, as well. Uh, just before I go, Afsar says... Harry didn't talk about Odegaard, who was so, so poor again. He was poor. But again, for me, Martin Odegaard has proven his worth, right? He's proven what he brings to the table. We know that he's a very important part of Mikel Arteta's plans, hence why he's the captain. So I'm not going to sit here and say that tonight's game made a difference in terms of the way I look at Martin Odegaard or, or that too much should be made of his performance. But there are players in that group, in that squad, who aren't in Martin Odegaard's position, who aren't, um, you know, regulars, nailed on starters when fit and available. They were the ones that had an opportunity to change that tonight. And I don't really feel that they did it, um, albeit in a disjointed side and, and, and in a side that generally didn't perform very well. But hey, Amira says 90% of the team are poor. Yeah, I mean, whatever percentage um, Matt Turner is, um, that's the percentage of, of players that... So whatever percentage one out of 11 is, that's basically, uh, you know, what is it, 1.1? I don't know. My maths is terrible. But that's basically um, the percentage of players that performed in Arsenal colours tonight. But yeah, hey-ho. We got the three points. Uh, we sit pretty at the top of the group. We sit pretty at the top of the Premier League as well. And um, yeah, we're we're... 
we continue, we march on and all the attention now turns to recovery, turns to the journey home, getting people back fit, ready, available ahead of a big, big game against Leeds United at the weekend, which we'll be previewing tomorrow on the show. Uh, don't forget, if you uh, want to support the Chronicles of Aguna and the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, uh, you can uh, sign up to the Chronicles of Aguna Premium over on www.anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. The link is in the description. You need to create your account on the website, sign up on the website, and then you can download the Another Slice app where you'll have all our premium content at your fingertips. You can download it as well so that uh, you'll be able to listen to it offline. You'll also soon be able to put that RSS feed into whatever podcast app that it is you're listening from. Soon there'll be functionality on another slice for me to gift you guys memberships. So I will be gifting some um, to people that win competitions. I'll also uh, be adding a free month uh, onto the people that are already signed up. Remember, the first 100 that join uh, will go into those prize draws uh, for the Arsenal shirts. So uh, if you are going to do it, if you are interested in doing it, in supporting me and the Children's Hospital, then please do it soon so that you get your opportunity to win one of two prizes as well as get yourself a free month uh, a little bit later down the line. Thank you all so, so much. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new, and we'll be back tomorrow looking ahead to another big weekend of Premier League action where Arsenal take on Leeds at Ellen Road. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.